Hello, everybody. Welcome to It Was Tuesday by uh, by your host here, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. Uh, I am here to give you all the dirt on some of the newest things going on in the fighting game world here. So thank you for tuning in. And obviously, we have some cool stuff coming up in the fighting game community Right away, I mean, shout-outs to Capcom once again. They have been releasing developer match-up uh, video every single week. And so, yeah, we're just going to jump right into this. Look, uh... Well, before I jump into it, I just do want to mention here that uh, you can see on the side over there, uh, I'm going to have a little bit of history stuff going on right here. So if this is something that you guys are interested in, check out youtube.com slash TV. This should be uploaded a little bit after uh, this Kami and Manon uh, analysis. So if you guys want to look for to me waxing nostalgic about how things used to be, talking about the history of fighting games and such, look for that video. Uh, afterwards uh, should be uploaded within the next day. Uh, but for now, let's go ahead and get started here with Cami and Manon, uh, which is a developer match and bless Capcom's heart, soul, whatever, for continuing to release these footage. And yes, this week, ladies and gentlemen, Cami, we're finally seeing more from her, although I will admit we didn't get to see a lot. Like... I still have so many questions, so let's go ahead and jump into this video over here. Let's talk. Let's watch Cami Manon. Unlike all the other, uh, some of the other videos, I have actually watched this before, and I know a lot of people are always sad that uh, uh, we don't actually get a lot of uh, guest appearances by Jasmine these days. But here she is. Look. Look, it's Jasmine. It's Jasmine. Hi, cat. All right, let's do this. Let's get into this uh, video over here. I have seen this already, so I already have a ton of questions. But let's just do what I normally do. Let's just watch through it one time first at regular speed. And then afterwards, we will uh, go through it little by little, slowly by slowly. Let's do this. Beginning operation. Okay, these are the best of the best fighters. They should have that kind those kind of abs. Jeez, that looks so good. Hmm, there's going to be some interesting questions about frame data. Yeah, most characters' throws have really good Oki in this game. Dude, I like the way that some of these matches are really super fundamental based, I swear. But look at that, Cam just going right in there. Get a different camera angle on the KO. I'm kind of still wondering about that like uh, have we not noticed that before do other supers do that Oof. What? Yeah, 
I mean, honestly, Manon's stance is kind of odd looking, but I think that's that's more of a jujitsu, like a, a more traditional jujitsu stance. God, she looks so crazy, dude. Dude, look at this damage! Ow! Oops, sorry, I scared Jasmine. Is that an overhead? Is that an over? That is one of the fastest freaking overheads I've ever seen. <laughs> okay, single hit confirm. Although she did see Cammy swinging. <laughs> love it. I love it. I'm glad that they're still embracing that silly aspect. Dang, that's so crazy. Oh my god! Hype! Hype! Dude, and then... No! What was that? Is this going to kill? It did not! <laughs> but that'll do. Oh man. Thank you for the sub, Dev. For the sub. But there you go. Yeah, it's crazy, uh, Verstark, who says that uh, they can feel that super in their knees. Like, Building. I, I swear that super actually looks more brutal than the critical art version. <laughs> you know? Like, there's just something about that one that looks like crazy. Uh, but let's do this here. Playback speed at half speed. Uh, agreed, Sean. Agreed. That was not the critical art version. That was just the raw level 3. Which I just <laughs> only learned that that's the distinction, I guess, in Street Fighter 6. A level 3 is just a level 3, but when you're in you know, almost dead range and you are going to do the stronger version of the level three, it turns into the critical art and actually says CA on your meter instead of three on your meter. No, I had no idea. I just thought, yeah, critical arts are supers. But no, it's literally a, a level one, level two, level three, and the critical art. Uh, I don't know yet, Saiyan. We'll see how Spin Knuckle plays out. The one time that it was blocked, the Kami player did not uh, continue pressure, but we'll see that in a second. Let's just go ahead. Yeah, critical art is almost when you're KO'd, so you'll see the... God, the models. I mean, look, we're just talking about this, right? Yeah, clearly, clearly Tekken is a graphical masterpiece, right? But, I mean... I gotta tell you, man, like, like I said, I've never been, like, the kind of guy who's just been, like, obviously, Cammy's my favorite character or whatever like that, but I've never been, like, one of those people who's just, like, all over Cammy because of any sort of, like, physical attraction or anything like that. I just liked her because she was low tier and she was my war buddy, but, man, Cammy in Street Fighter Six, like, the mature look... The mature look of Cammy, how she looks older now and everything like that. Like, I'm all for this now. <laughs> I am all for this. <laughs> oh, man. Manon. Could try my best to pronounce her name properly. Manon. Manon. Maybe. Not Manon. Manon. <laughs> but again, I mean, she's 
Manhattan is ginormous, dude. What is with this, her, this character is just like so tall, freaking A. But here we go. So immediately we see this, whatever this is, like, like towards heavy kick or maybe just a stand heavy kick. But again, the, 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 the contrast of move style between Manon and Marissa is just so fantastic. All pirouette and spinny. It was kind of like one of the reasons why I really like what they did with uh, Claw, Vega in Street Fighter V. They actually made him more poetic, more ballerina-esque, and they really kind of took that and took it the entire way uh, for Manon here, and I love it. Look at this little tiny kick. Dude, look at her drive parry animation. What a sick-ass drive parry animation. Look at this. Like, she actually just, like, goes into a little ballet pose, dude. Yeah, but so keep in mind, so almost all throws in Street Fighter 6, from what I have discovered in the beta, mid-screen, if you throw somebody and they back roll, you get no pressure. In this situation, we see here Manon did a rise in place, and so Cammy gets pressure afterwards, but that is one of the things about a punish counter. If you get thrown out of something and you get the punish counter, as it says on the left side of the screen over here, you also get fancy zoom-in camera, as you can see, different camera angle, a little bit of zoom-in, and it does way more damage. Look how much damage that regular throw did. That is a regular though. That is a big old chunk. That's like almost the fifth of your life that you just uh, that you just ate right there. So normally Cammy would not get this pressure because you would just back roll and then you would get away. But because it was the punish counter, you have to quick rise in place and Cammy gets pressure. Remember, back roll and quick rise have the same frame data, so you don't have to adjust between the two. Back roll is just to get away from the opponent. But noticing when you do get the punish counter, so for Kimberly, for example, if I get a punish counter on my throw, then I get to dash up and be plus frames in their face. If I don't, they back roll and I just have to try to keep going in. So that something that's very very important to note here but yeah cami so you see right here look at the difference between the throw animations here right so look at this we get the zoom in the camera angle change we get the kind of camera from down under perspective and you see it zoom back out and then she runs in here for a tick throw no camera change at all and look how significantly less the damage actually does see much less damage. So keep in mind the difference between a punish counter throw and a regular throw. Two things that are going to be very important here. And see? Back roll. You see how Cammy now basically doesn't really have the pressure. Now, if she drive rushed in there, perhaps she probably could have still gotten a little bit of pressure. Uh, but you see how different it is when Manon actually gets the back roll, right? When she Before, when she uh, just got up in place... Cammy's just like right there. And then she gets the regular throw here. Boom. Back roll. Whoop. Like that. And now there's a little bit more space. Like I said, the drive rush might be able to allow Cammy for more pressure. But now you've got to think about spending meter, etc., etc. So here we go with the pokes. So Cammy crouching medium kick. Looking as good as ever. But again, I don't know how far this actually reaches because... It could have way better range than this because some of these crouching attacks from like Shoto's is so deceptively long. Like I swear Shoto's are like dulcim now with the crouching medium kick. 
And so, dude, that standing medium kick looks like it reaches hella far. Ugh. Yeah. Now, Jeremy said something when we were doing commentary uh, at PAX East about the different timings of text pushing you at different ranges. I'm not sure if that's a thing, so I I'm not sure, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Okay, and there's her standing heavy kick that we see here. Cammy's standing heavy kick. Um, like that. So her classic heavy kick animation. But safe on block, maybe? Safe on block, maybe? We'll see, we'll see. Neutral jump. And then this move from Manon. Jesus. Look at this. Whack! Anti-air against a neutral jump from pretty far away, dude. And she gets a combo off of it? She actually gets a whole combo off of this? And uh, is this a normal or is this a special move? I'm still not sure. So that's a special. So I'm not sure if that's just a normal or a special, but she gets the hit. You see her fishing here. Oh, and Cammy's crouching heavy kick, still with shitty range. So Cammy's crouching heavy kick has always had bad range. Like the one thing that I've noticed about characters in this game is that their sweeps reach so far. Like Kimberly's sweep is dumb. Like her sweep is like her only really far ranged move, and it's really good. Uh, but Cammy's looks definitely uh, very short range still. And so what we see from Monon, get a punish counter so she can link off of it. Now, was this a combo? No, it doesn't look like it. However, I want to check something really quick here. At the start of the round, okay. So at the start, unlike everyone else, Monon, her meter is just on the screen and is at level one. Is just at level one. So drive rush is dash while doing a parry. So technically, yes, uh, Dodge Mahal, you parry, you drive parry by hitting the two medium buttons, and then you can cancel it into a forward dash. But you can also hit forward and then forward plus the two buttons at the same time, and they are lenient enough that that will trigger, for example, a drive rush. So you can kind of just do a drive rush from standing still if you hit forward and then forward and then the two buttons at the same time, they just let you uh, drive rush off of that. Oh god, there's that. Oh no, this is the very beginning again. Yeah, so Manon starts with uh, one meter. So she starts with one meter. So here she goes for the tick throw here, grabs it, and look at the damage. So easy little simple flip. But that's a lot of damage already for just a level one throw. And as you can see here, now it becomes a level two throw. I don't know what else happens with this uh, outside of damage increase. I don't know if it gives her more range on her command throws, etc., etc. But there is one thing that's very terrifying about this throw meter that I will get into in just a little bit. So uh, we'll take a look at that a little bit later. But decent damage already at the level one. Now, the thing that makes me sad is we never see Cammy DP anybody. <laughs> so I still don't know if she has the regular DP. <laughs> Or if all of her DPs turn into the air drill. Because Cammy has that mechanic where she charges special moves. And even though we've never seen her actually charge up her special move in this video. I don't know what happens with her DP. If it's charged or not here or whatever. So let's say, let's see how it looks. 
Okay, here we go. Okay, combo off of lights, dude. Man, come on. We've been saying DP forever, dude. That's just how it works. Here we go. Uh, uh, light, light, drill. And again, very interesting drill because it goes way higher than it than it looks. But look at the Oki she gets off of this drill, man. She's still going to be... Look at that. Four dash after the drill. So in other words, Kami is still going to be really, really pressure heavy. Ending her combos in drill. Oh my god. That is such a fast EX dive kick. And you are getting Ibuki Sien right here. Of course you're going to walk forward in that situation. That looks amazing. <laughs> that looks amazing. And... Oh, but can she combo off of that? Is the hit stun not long enough? Interesting. So if we actually look at this landing here, she's still recovering. It looks, we can't tell when Cami finishes recovering, but it looks like they recover at around the same, if we assume they're both moving at the same time, and if we use Manon's life bar as a judgment of when she returns to neutral on this frame right here, it, and if this is all delay on Cami, so in other words, on block, her EX dive kick might just be very punishable, but on hit, it might not actually be plus enough to get a combo off of this, right? Dive kick should never be an overhead. My God, that should never be an overhead. But uh, the interesting thing about that is, can she charge her dive kick in the air? Can she charge her dive kick in the air? And if she can, then does it become plus? Like if you put a bunch of startup, does that make it recover faster? And we'll have to see what happens in that situation. But back here, so it looks like she tried to go for like a little shimmy after that dive kick. But that's really strong, by the way. That is a really, really strong power right there to be able to do this uh, jump point blank and then EX dive kick and still hit you from the front. Tries to go for a shimmy, doesn't fall for it, but fierce into spin knuckle. Can, is there a gap in this or not? Because this is so fast. This is the fastest spin knuckle has ever been, dude. Like, look at this. She def There's definitely a gap. You can definitely EXDP in there because Manon looks like she's, she's recovered right there. It looks like she's recovered right there. So I think if you DP, you can do something. Now, the interesting thing is this looks like a light spin knuckle. That's my guess right here. And that means Cammy can actually fish with something safe on block. But the interesting thing is that Cami doesn't press a button afterwards. Again, I assume these devs know what they're doing. We saw, for example, Honda uh, drive reversal against Lily's wind charge uh, Condor Spire, knowing that it was plus before we figured it out here on just by analyzing. But Cami doesn't try to do anything here. And instead, Manon does a reversal command throw. And again, is this the same command throw as she did when she did this sequence over here? Whoops. Uh, is this the same command throw as she did here? So as level one command throw, she just goes for this. Whoop. And she did get a punish counter on that. So that's why it did so much damage, by the way. I just realized that right now. But then she does the command throw over here. No punish counter. Oh yeah, it is the same throw. But now at level two, even without the punish counter, look at how much more damage it does. Ow. So again, that's the same damage it did with the punish counter last time. So this is the same command throw. Boom. But now she goes up to level three. 
Back to neutral over here. Decided, I mean, it looks like Manon can drive Rush afterwards. No, it actually looks like it, it, she wouldn't even really get any advantage in that situation. In fact, I think we'll see that a, a little bit later here. So Cammy going back to the footsies. This is what she knows. You can see her light kick severely nerfed from before. Although, hard to say that this light kick looks terrible because that light kick actually doesn't look too bad, to be honest with you. Her old light kick was really good because it stuck out straight. But remember, all the moves have more range in this game. So here we go, Manon fishing with that light punch. You can see that light punch has a little bit of a forward movement with it too. Look at that. And then misses here, blocks the cross up, but then gets hit, what? How did she get hit? Is that how short the block sunning is here? Block and then jab. Yeah, she tried to do something. She tried to press a button or something. So that wasn't a true block string. But one hit, two hit, three hit into drill, as we've seen already. And here's some, oh, she's just walking backwards. So she had plenty of frames. She had plenty of frames. I was wondering if this was like the Street Fighter 4 mix-up that it like fuzzy grabbed you, but clearly you can see Manon is walking back a few frames over here. So she just wasn't expecting the right thing and just got grabbed by the hooligan. Interestingly enough, the hooligan throw still throwing forward, which is great for Cami, and she gets pressure off of this? And she gets pressure off of that? That's crazy. And here she goes for this mix-up again. Thanks to Street Fighter five, uh, 6, you're not going to cross up in the corner, but she did the dive kick anyway. So Manon just kept blocking back. Tried to go for the throw. Nice tech right there. But look how far back that they went over here. So we can see here. And like I said, I don't know if there are differing tech distances, but the fact that if you tech this throw like this, like here's this throw, and that's an early tech. Look how far back Cammy goes. If you tech a throw in corner, uh, you are in a good position. Like you get yourself out of there. Although if you look, it was Cammy that was the one that actually teched the throw. So I'm curious. No, no, no. I'm sorry. It is Manon because the word is on Manon's side. Sorry. So Manon uh, teched the throw and is over there. Uh, making an early meta predictions discussion video. I mean, the only way I would reason why I would do that, the Nash guy, because... Uh, it would be a content video, but like me personally, I just hate doing that kind of thing because it's still so early, but we'll see. Yeah, from the Intel, from what you saw, Intel tech throws seem to push really far. But here we go, Cami poking drive rush in there again. This time tries to shimmy. And so we get a drive impact out of the corner over here. And again, just beautiful, beautiful image over here. I mean, uh, animation. Look at that. What a cool-looking drive impact. Back to the neutral footsies over here. And then this is the crazy part. Like, this... Yo, the Cammy backdashed and was like, if you whiff anything, I'm murdering you. So she backdashed after she saw the green. You see Manon try to command throw, and then Cammy was like, yep, I'm just going to go for the super. <laughs> Raw super, dude, for the punish counter here. And then this again, which is interesting because this is a level one super. There's... Generally, no animation camera changes on it, but then on the KO, we got an extra animation camera angle. Have we seen this in other level ones on kill and I just didn't notice? Or is this just a special, like, uh, if the super combo kills cool feature kind of thing? That's kind of neat. 
if that, that is the case, you can see it switch backs to the switches back to the regular uh, commands as well. So if it wasn't a beta, I just totally didn't even re realize that was happening. So, uh, but there you go, Cami. Dude, I love these new poses from Cami, dude. Check her out. Ugh, ugh. Huh? Huh. Yeah, let's go, Cami. Let's go. Now, remember when I said that there was definitely something very terrifying about Manon's counter meter? <laughs> throw counter meet, throw count meter? Her throw counter? <laughs> <clears throat> it doesn't reset. <laughs> it doesn't reset between rounds. <laughs> Every round. <laughs> She gets, builds up that meter. It just gets scarier and scarier and scarier. So we haven't seen something like this in a Street Fighter game before. Like if you played Soul Calibur, you see characters are constantly, Soul Calibur was full of this. Characters who would build up resources during the course of a match. <laughs> this is one of the first times we've seen this in a Street Fighter game. That Manon keeps her counter meter between rounds, her throw counter between rounds. So the more she gets early on, even if she loses round one, it sets her up to the point where she just becomes scarier and scarier and scarier as time moves on. Man, I mean, it's not even just guard break forest. Uh, it's also like, you know, um, Amy's Rose. You know, building up all the constellations with Maxi during the course of, of the game. Uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, oh God, what was the thing called for, uh, shoot, the, the, the life force, I think it was. <laughs> life force for, uh, um, God, why can't I remember his name? The Korean dude, <laughs> the Korean dude, <laughs> uh, Huang, Huang, there you go. Uh, Hakan always reset back to new normal. And in fact, I think one of the buffs they gave him was that he started with oil or something like that. But uh, it's crazy that this is actually something that they're keeping here. So back to this neutral again. I mean, by the way, Cammy's backdash we saw a couple of times, but it looks really good. And again, you know, everyone who's like, oh my gosh, we're so scared Capcom censoring Cammy or whatever. Like, dude, dude, I mean, it's just like, like, I... <sighs> Look, <laughs> the dude, the jiggle on that ass. Okay, look. <laughs> let's just let's just talk about the jiggle on this ass. Okay, I'm gonna do a favor for you because I'm gonna slow this down to 0.25 over here. Okay, look, look at the jiggle on this ass, dude. Yo, like there, anybody who's scared that Capcom is like toning things down, like trust me. <laughs> Trust me, Capcom is giving us everything we still want over here, okay? Jesus Christ. Holy crap. Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. You are still getting <laughs> what you want out of Street Fighter, okay? <laughs> Jazz Jiggle is a punish counter. I just got by <laughs> Uh, yeah, see, that's the cool thing is that Zangief's got the peck jiggle as well. So, you know, equal opportunity here. Let's do it. Uh, oh, dude, her OG skin. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's going to be crazy, dude. 
Uh, anyways, back to this here. Just a raw jump, but again, is the EX an actual anti-air? Does it have air invulnerability? Because this move looks hella good. Because if you jump at Manong and she hits you with this thing, like she gets a juggle off the regular one and here she got the EX and she links into a command throw that juggles. Have we, <laughs> like, have we ever seen a command throw that juggles like this uh, in a Capcom game? I mean, clearly, Cammy's been able to hooligan throw people out of the air and stuff like that. But this is crazy because now at level three, the animation becomes different. And as you can see here, oh, God, what an animation, dude. Check this command throw out. It's so cool. Boop. And then, whoo twirling you around and then bam what a dip dude <laughs> oh yeah uh, see that's the thing those are all air command throws right like we haven't really seen it into comboing into a grounded command throw and not only that but this builds up the, the, you jumped at her she anti-aired you and for basically spending that one EX meter, gets to juggle into a command throw and gets to increase her throw meter. Look how much damage that did off of a combo. Oh, bam. Okay. So, but still not a lot. Well, actually, she seems like she has a little bit better frame data. But what you're actually paying attention to here, Cammy got away from that no problem, and you see Manon try to go in there for another throw, I believe that's a command throw, it could be a regular throw, but Cammy with the punish here, boom, into the drill, and again, as usual, Cammy gets the pressure, now, what's interesting about this is she actually goes for the kick follow-up, now, the first time we saw this kick follow-up, uh, this is brand, This is her V-Trigger 2, now given to her as a regular move. The first time that I saw this move, she was definitely not this low to the ground when she did it. She was kicking, like, way at the top, like, around here. So it definitely looked like it was super minus and not comboable on hit. But this one is so low... Like, you can see Manon is still in Blockford, so that's definitely safe. So I'm wondering how much leeway there is on the timing between when you can do Cammy's follow-ups. There's always been a window. There's always been a window, but it's really interesting to see how it's going to pan out here, which means if it hit, could she possibly combo off of it? <laughs> Hint, the answer is yes, and we will see that later on. So that's scary. And then Cammy even tries the throw afterwards, doing it so late. And then she just goes for the throw, gets the throw. That's the back throw. It's a very odd looking throw. Look, I'll be honest. She grabs you and then, oh, I see. She kicks you off with one of the legs. It just looks like she just spins you and you fall off. But it looks like she's kicking you off with one of the legs. She's not really kicking you, actually. Yeah, you really are just kind of spinning off and just twirling to the ground, okay. 
But there we go. There's that standing medium kick and Manon countering there. And there's the drive rush in there. Gets a hit. And here's this interesting target combo that's very, very DNF dual grappler-esque. If she hits you and she does this kick, she sucks you in. And she's definitely going to be plus. Now, clearly this is just plus enough to be a mix-up, I think. So a mix-up to which the Kami read it and neutral jumped the command throw and gets a big old beefy punish over here. Pow, pow, crouching fierce, links off of it. That's so sick. We got some old-school Sako-esque combos here. Crouching strong into the drill and then keeping the pressure going. So she... This! What is this? <laughs> Kami's always been able to cancel her hooligan into kind of nothing, right? Like in some games, in Street and Super Turbo, you just try to go for the throw and she whiffs and she lands right away and stuff like that. A lot of times she's had delay, whatever like that, but what is this? What is this? Look at this. Whatever she, there's a cancel on this that's not a whiff throw, that's nothing. Look at this. She triggers something right here. And look at this. She just plummets to the ground so fast. And she is now there next to you. Dude, it's like, it. yeah, it really is a fast fall. This really, really looks like a fast fall to me. And if that's the case... Look at that. Dude, in regular speed, like, it's so fast. Dude, empty lows like that right there. Like, I love the fact that they are turning her hooligan into such a diverse tool and seeming to be the source of her mix-up. I love this because the hooligan has a lot of startup. So once you get used to it, it's going to be whatever. It's going to be like super turbo again. If the camis abuse the hooligan, you're going to blow her up for it. But now if the cami could fight normally and use the hooligans on meaty or just, you know, try to catch you by surprise, I think that's really, really cool. And so look at this. So yeah, it goes to the empty low. She doesn't confirm it, but still... What a sequence right here. Fast fall, empty, low. Yeah, she should have confirmed that. Gets checked right there by Manon. But again, to have that much power off of the hooligan throw, oh my god, like that is super cool. Yeah, that quick fall is a massive, massive change. Yeah, because look, look at this. Look at this. Off of the drill, off of the drill here, she does this and clearly, remember, Quick rise, back roll, same frame data, data timing. This is the fastest that Manon can get up after this drill. And when Cami does this and fast falls, I don't know how quickly she can block, but she looks like she's already recovered here. She looks like she's already recovered here and Manon has recovered as well. If someone wakes up with a DP, I think you will block that. And also keep in mind, Shogundo, if you parry, you can be thrown by the hooligan because the hooligan has a throw. And then it'll be a punish counter. So have fun trying to parry hooligan. <laughs> oh my god.
Oh, a check. Dude, she's going to be good, dude. She's going to be really strong. And come on, DP, Cammy. I want to see what your DP looks like as an anti-air. Again, dude, that move? What motion is that? Is that not a DP motion? Is that just a spin kick? Because look how fast Manon does that from a crouching position. The fact that we never see her stand up but for like two frames here before she does that. Yeah, so look at this. So she's crouching, crouching, and stands up for like one, and then she's already starting it. The fact that she does that so fast makes me think it's a spin kick or a quarter circle forward. So she has an anti-air at quarter circle forward, like, <laughs> good games all of us. And even if it is a spin kick, I mean, that's still really strong here. Because Cammy is clearly hitting a button on the way down, it looks like. So she neutral jumps and yeah, oh, well, she got hit out of the startup. So you see counter hit over there. Uh, and then again, she just gets the little pirouette juggle here. Sets up for the command throw, and here we go. This is a level four command throw here. And now she gets the follow up here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> if this is not the max damage of what her throw, <laughs> or what her command throw can be, and you have to deal with that. For the entirety of round number three, <laughs> more than that, because she's at level four, by the way. <laughs> she's at level four, by the way, and this throw puts her at level five. So you have to deal with that more than that damage the entire round number three. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Dude, right, that's the, that's the point, NDSCX, uh, DSCX. If she throw, if she gets like four command throws and still loses, but she gets like three or four command throws in round number one, you are not in for fun. <laughs> you are not in for fun. Oh my god, that is frightening. Oh, tries to drive parry. Here comes Cammy with the pressure here. Confirms off of the light. So again, this is important here. Being able to poke it with one light and then... Oh, actually, that was off of a drive rush. Never mind. Okay. So here we go. The pressure. The shimmy, but did it a little bit too late, so couldn't really punish that. And then what is... That, that can't be an overhead. This is not an overhead. This is not an overhead, dude. Like, this, this, this could not possibly be an overhead. Like, if that's... But Cammy is blocking. And she's low blocking. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. We're doing this here again, guys. Sorry. Sorry for those of you listening to this on the podcast. We're doing this again, okay? Where should we start? Like, maybe this? One... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Okay, 22 frames. 
That's about the same speed as Ibuki's overhead, if I'm not... No, Ibuki's overhead is like uh, 28 or something like that. Uh, let's see. Who, who has a, who, who's considered to have a really fast overhead uh, in this game? Let's see. Overhead, yes. Yeah, 28 frames for Ibuki. Who's considered to have a really fast overhead in Street Fighter V, right? Like, what is considered a really, really quick overhead in that game? Uh, like, let's just take a look at Luke's overhead over here. 22 frames. Luke's overhead is 22 frames. Uh, Guile's overhead is 21 frames. Yeah, so, so it's about right. It's about right. But yeah, again, what Dirty Boxer says, dude, the range on that overhead looks pretty freaking amazing, honestly. So here we go. Like, look at this. Look at the range on this overhead over here. So do 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 bam. And keep in mind too, up to this point, for the eight characters that we have seen in the beta, all overheads are safe. <laughs> they, they're minus, it's your turn, but overheads are safe. And off of a drive rush, they're comboable afterwards. <laughs> The range on that is scary, dude. The range on that is terrifying. Anyway, again, look at this pose right here. Look at this win pose. I don't think hers is a special move. That doesn't look like a special move. I think that one is... I mean, it could be a special move. Maybe. I'm not sure. But look at this win pose. I love the tiptoeing. Again, just really nice balance work with the uh, animation and stuff. It looks, it doesn't look floaty. It looks right. It looks correct on it. So it has feathers on it. So it, I think it might be a special. Okay, okay. Yeah, that's true. It probably low crush as well, Deadly Kansas. So yeah, it does go over low. So that move is going to be hella good. <laughs> move is going to be very, very good. But here we go, round three. And I love this that like Manon's like, you know what? I swung. I see Cammy moving forward. I'm just going to assume I got a hit. Let's cancel into the level three. But as you can see down there at the bottom, it just says three and not CA, right? So if we go to the previous one, you can see Cammy's level three over here. So I was talking about this before the stream started. But yes, there's actually a difference between level three and CA, and I didn't realize that. As you can see here, Manon's side over there, it actually says level three. It just says three. But on Cammy's side, this says CA. I didn't realize this was a difference <laughs> until Investigation Cone was like, yeah, I Googled it, and it turned out that they were different things. And I'm like, they're not different things. And then apparently they are in this game. So uh, CA means you have low enough energy that you go for the extra uh, the extra damage kill version. But as you can see here, it goes from CA to the next round. It's back to just being, boom, three. That's it. So you, when you see CA, you know you're about to do extra damage. Obviously, also your health bar changes a different color as well. But yeah, here we go. Bam! Right into the level three. And this level three is, uh, dude, I don't notice these things too, Halu. I don't notice these things, okay? Uh, but yeah, look at this animation, dude. This super is hilarious. Oh, she's leading in the dance, but this is not the kind of dance you want to be led in. Dude. 
I love how she just like chucks you like this. Woo! Woo! Like she's just literally chucking you. And the best thing about it is Cammy's face is just like, what the fuck, dude? Like, why is this even happening? Like, look at Cammy. She's like, what is happening here? Oh, <laughs> oh bam! And look at the damage. I wonder if her super level 3 changes damage based off of uh, her throw meter. But this just does so much damage. But what a funky... Like, I like how the throw super is literally like... She actually throws you like five times, but all the damage comes at once. Uh, sweeps you. You will dance with me. Spinny, spinny, spinny. Like, it's not like you're taking damage during the course of this thing. It's like, oh, 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 oh. And then you take all of the damage. Oh, actually, you did take a little damage early. Oh, you are taking little bits of damage. Never mind. Okay, hang on. Let's see. Let's see where all the damage points are. Let's see where all the damage points are. Okay, so there is one little damage there. No damage on the spin. Yeah, the spin doesn't do any damage until she lifts you here. Lifts you here, lifts you there, lifts you there, lifts you there. And then, finally, the coup d'etat. Bam! Not the coup d'etat, the... Shoot, what, what French word am I thinking of? Anyways, bam! There we go. The throw you there. Oh, no up kicks that time. Cratches with the low kick, and here comes Cammy. And it's so funny, too, because Manon got her level 3 first, I was like, oh, that probably means Cammy wins the game, because they always end it with level 3. <laughs> Coupe de Gras, there you go. I said coup d'etat. Coupe de Gras is what I was talking about. Yes, thank you, T-Hawk Typhoon. <laughs> coup de Gras. Poking away, gets the throw. Bam! Coupe de Gracie, yeah. Dude, look at how, I mean, you can hold drive parries as long as you want. Remember that. So drive parry, drive parry, drive parry. Dri oh, no. And then here we go. Catches her while she's crouching. So although that this is hitting, she might have moved. She might have walked or something like that. We definitely don't see a counter hit here. But was she blocking? She got hit. She didn't look like she moved. She looks like she's just crouching. We don't see a counter hit message. We don't see anything. I don't think she's holding straight down. This kind of gives me the thought that this for sure is a true overhead. And she combos off of it. And she combos off of it too. And that's the target combo. And then she can jump cancel it. So before you could special move cancel this. But she can actually jump cancel this, and now her jump strong is a knockdown. And she can combo into the dive kick. Cammy has cool shit. Cammy actually has cool shit to do. She has fun combos. Come on. Ugh. But as you can see, the dive kick does just instantly ground the opponent. Yeah, that was the same target combo as before. Again, going for the throw. And yeah, the foot in the back, as someone else pointed out over here, gets the throw. And she just like, boom, look at that foot in the back, dude. Ugh. And then bam, CQC. Throws have changed. 
Anyways, uh, come over here. And still no DP, Cammy. You aren't just just not gonna show me what the DP looks like. Okay, she does. Uh, she does not have an air super, as far as I know, NDSCX. Uh, the super that she did that we saw that gave her the juggle was still started off the ground, but that doesn't necessarily mean she can't activate it in the air. Maybe we just haven't seen it activated in the air. So here we go. There's that back throw. Mm, poke, drive rush. It, okay. So this is the part that everybody's freaking out about here. So drive rush, cancel. As you can see there, three bars all gone right there. Three bars all gone. Makes you attack. And then I guess it's only the EX spin knuckle that goes to the other side because she cancels here. Jab. And then... She empties out her meter. She empties out her meter over here. So clearly, this is an EX spin knuckle. So it looks like the EX spin knuckle has the ability to go to the other side of the opponent and hit really, really, really freaking fast. Now, I don't know if that means the light one stays in front and the EX one goes behind, and that sucks. <laughs> but never forget... Drive parries do exist in this game. So if you don't know which way to block, but you can react with a drive parry, you will be able to block this in both directions. Drive parries are going to become very useful because a lot of the drive, meaty drive rush, uh, the meaty drive rush mix-up where they knock you down and drive rush into you and either go low or overhead is really, really scary. But keep in mind, again, if that's something you're scared about, you can drive parry. Now, obviously, they could drive rush and just throw you and get a punish counter. That's all part of the mind games, etc., etc. But drive parries are going to be really important to mitigate a lot of these mix-ups but as we've seen in every fighting game that has a guard button nobody gets used to using the guard button <laughs> in injustice you can block by holding straight down i had the, there was this Catwoman mix-up that you just hit people by going to the other side of them and then coming back through and nobody held straight down it hit everybody because they were always holding down back nobody was low blocking by holding straight down <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, oh, what's up, Jibbo? What's up? Or, I'm sorry, Otto Maddock? Uh, yeah, it's scary for the attacker, too, because they can't block or parry during drive rush. Yeah, exactly. We've seen a lot of that already, uh, even at the Intel uh, match, where people will get used to seeing the green, and as soon as they see the green, they just hit a button, and people just run into that shit, like, for free. So it is, it is, it is a little risky. It's a little risky, but... Drive Rush is still going to be super strong, super strong. But I like that, right? It's a good mix-up. You've got this high-low mix-up with the Drive Rush. They can parry it to negate that so you can throw them. But if you throw, attack, or go low, you will be hit by a wake-up EX. So the only way you can get away from that is to, wait, is to Drive Rush do nothing. But then if you do nothing, that also gives the opponent a chance to escape up, to escape out of there. So there's a little bit more of a, uh, a little more fleshed out mix up there, which I actually kind of like. <laughs> nice frame. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, God, it's so hard to react to Drive Rush until we get used to the green flash, maybe, perhaps. But yeah, here we go. Drive cancel. EX. Pow. And obviously links off of it. Two hits into the super. And here's her level three. But it is not a critical art. 
And so here she goes, boom, drill through you, drill through you, drill through you, drill through you. And like I said, oh, drive rush is easier, you think. Okay, yeah, no, checking dashes. I was, so I was about to say <laughs> automatic, like, I can't check dashes to save my goddamn life. But everybody knows how bad I am with reactions. I just didn't want to get into it. Okay, so you actually got it back, back, backwards. Yeah, oh, yeah, that... Uh, two-year-old will do that to you but look i'm just saying you can actually see cammy there she's actually drilling through you which is kind of neat i only point that out because remember with lars's super like you clearly see cammy in the frame right here but lars was just like streaks i was like man see even cammy's looks better than lars and Tekken eight anyways they all look amazing let's be real here okay uh uh and then, weirdly enough, I think her non-critical art version of this super looks like it hurts more. <laughs> I think it's, like, actually cooler looking than her. I mean, because the, the critical art version, she sneaks up from you from behind, and she does the Nash thing where she's just like, Hi, there I am, and kicks you in the back of the head. But this looks actually more violent, I think. <laughs> I actually think this looks more dynamic than the level three, but you know if they had my commentary on, I would have said, is this going to kill? And it didn't. It didn't. And so Cammy's like, whatever, I'll just throw you to death. <laughs> Woo, bam, dead. There you go. And there you go, Cammy. Uh, and again, for those of you who aren't aware of this already, uh, look at Cammy's neutral stance and see if we actually get to see the neutral stance anywhere here. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so if you can see that this, this is kind of what her neutral stance looks like right here. Like, that's kind of what her neutral stance looks like. But when she's burned out, she clearly has a different stance. And, like, all the characters have more tired-looking stances when they're in burnout. See how Cammy just kind of, like, ducks over a little bit now? So she's actually, like, a little more tired. That's actually a lot of nice little touches like that, that they made everyone have a different neutral stance when they're in burnout compared to when they're not. I think there's these little touches like that that I think are super cool. And there, there Cammy does her duck lips again. Ooh. <laughs> Freaking blue steel, dude. Freaking blue steel. She blue steals your ass and then and then uh decides to disappear. Yeah, you take you take chip damage at all times, but in burnout it can kill. Yeah. Where is she? Bam! She kicks the camera, knocks the camera on the floor, so you can take a look at her wonderful, wonderful assets. And there we go. So that's Cammy and Manon. Uh, is that pause? Yes, that is paused. Okay. So, uh, again, I really honestly feel like they haven't made Cammy all that interesting for quite some time. I really do think Vanilla and Super Cammy in Street Fighter 4 was the last time she was significantly interesting because of the Tiger Knee Cannon Strike. Uh, but then after, before that, she hasn't been interesting. <laughs> like, literally, she's really been interesting only in Super Turbo and in um, 
Super, I mean, in, in Vanilla and Super Street Fighter 4. I played her all the time just out of character loyalty and all this stuff like that. But she really hasn't been uh, that, that, like... <laughs> fun or interesting right she hasn't really been that interesting of a character what's really curious about the way that this video that we saw here define interesting versus boring like needing tech having an interesting play style like in street fighter 5 cammy literally just plays street fighter 5 to the street fighter 5 in like, she just plays footsies and that's, like, it. Like, she's not exactly the most tech-heavy character. There's not much that you do with her. She doesn't have lots of crazy things. This game, it looks like she has a lot. And the hooligan throw looks really interesting. But the curious thing about it is, in this entire developer match, we did not see a single instance of a charge special move. Because she just never did special moves. She comboed into drills. She had that spin knuckle a couple of times. But outside of that, we didn't see her charge the hooligan. We never saw her charge her dive kick or her DP, her drill, nothing. We saw no charge moves at all, even though that's like her new main gimmick. They didn't show any of it, which is very, very weird. <laughs> just so odd that in this developer match, they showed none of that. So I don't know if they just want to leave it so that we can see how it works on our own. But so we still have no idea about, you know, the, the charge hooligan double kicks does charge hooligan throw grab crouchers? Does charge DP and regular DP actually do the drill ender all the time or just during charges? I don't, we didn't see a cannon spike out of her at, at all. Once at all. Uh, but it's it's still cool looking. I'm still excited and I'm definitely more excited for her than uh, I have been. I'm trying not to let myself get excited because they very rarely know how to make Cammy interesting. But she definitely looks can uh, looks very interesting in this game. So definitely will be one of the main characters that I will be playing. So it'll be Cammy. Uh, I'll be sticking with Kimberly because Kimberly just turned out to be amazing. And then of course I will also be playing Zangief and with the game allowing for three different points. And uh, I just don't want to pigeon my hold myself into one character any uh, for for Street Fighter. And since Street Street Fighter 6 in the foreseeable future is a game that I will probably be putting a lot of time into. I think I can afford to switch between characters, etc., etc. Um, is it? Are you sure? Like crouching, medium punch, and crouching, heavy punch? I think that they're the same as before. But uh, I'm, again, like, sheesh, Cammy is like. She looks awesome in this game. I'm, I'm, I'm excited, but I'm still with a little bit of trepidation because honestly, Cammy is still Cammy. The way that she was playing in there, there wasn't anything too crazy going on here. Uh, the hooligan definitely seems like they fleshed it out a little bit more, which is cool because the hooligan was her main tool of offense in Super Turbo. So if they kind of bring that back a little bit and now she has a feint off of it, so you can't just can't see the hooligan and DP on like when she's coming, like drilling the hooligan seems like a really fun little mix-up game to play against the opponent. 
Like that seems like it's going to be cool, and it's neat that they're that they're giving her that option. So throw to catch people standing, the kicks to catch people crouching, and then uh, the fast fall to catch people trying to DP you on their wake up and stuff like that. I think it's uh, really really cool. Uh, you pre-order the deluxe edition. Want to talk about promote that? Look, there's a deluxe edition out there. I think it comes with a Luke or a Kimberly figure or something like that. But uh. Um, it's available for pre-order, uh, so if you guys want to grab that, not sure what else to say about that, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, standard versus deluxe edition, uh, blocks with face, it should be the same. It says it should be the same. Both of them should be the same. I just don't know if deluxe edition comes with the season one DLC or not. That's the question. Uh, but they haven't said anything about season one DLC, so I I'm not 100% sure. Uh, how that's gonna work but regardless that's cami and i know manon was there and we definitely saw some cool stuff with manon but i mean cami obviously the focus because we've seen some stuff with manon but the fact that manon keeps her throw counter between rounds is terrifying is terrifying what's interesting about characters like that so for example soul caliber is a three out of five rounds game like when you design characters that build up meter during the course and it sticks between rounds like that, you kind of sort of lock that in, right? Like some games have switched between two out of three rounds to three out of five rounds for tournaments or whatever, depending on fast they are. But if you have a character that's like that, the balance is going to be affected by how long you play, right? So if you play a three out of five rounds, not matches, rounds, mind you, uh, uh, that automatically buffs Manon. She automatically gets stronger because she will have more rounds of being able to get all the throw damage in there. So, you know, it's going to... I mean, I don't see any reason why we wouldn't make it two out of three rounds for the rest of the life, but that's just... A, it's an interesting little observation. It's a little observation uh, on that situation there. But again, Manon looks super cool. Very interesting. Another grappler character. So uh, I'm sure everybody's going to learn to hate Manon very, very much uh, in the near future. <laughs> But she looks really, really cool. She looks cool. Cammy looks cool. Again, it's hard to find a character in this game that doesn't seem very interesting and fascinating. And it's also very hard to not to find a character that you look at early on. Someone asked me, you know, uh, rate their potential tiers, like your 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 perceived tiers, uh, initial perceived tier list for the characters. I will tell you right now, it is almost impossible to find a character that I can initially say looks like a bad character. They all seem like they have enough juice and enough crazy stuff, and we have seen so little out of so many of these characters and what they're actually capable of. Like, like I said, we didn't see anything about Cammy's charge specials. In this case, does that change her frame data? If she charges her drill, does the drill become safer? Etc. Etc. We don't know. So there's so much to learn still about these characters, which is why I like these developer matches. They're giving us a lot to see, but they're still leaving enough for us to experiment and still giving us enough to try to leave us to the imagination to try to figure out how these characters are going to work. But I can't tell you if there's a single character in this game right now that looks like they don't have a lot of juice. Like, they all look like they have some crazy, crazy stuff going on in this game. So, um... Nobody looks bad right now. Nobody looks bad right now. Everybody looks really, really strong. So 
we'll see how it goes as time goes. Again, basically two months now. Can you believe it? Two months before Street Fighter Six. Wow. I can't believe it. Anyways, two months before Street Fighter Six. I'm excited. I hope you guys are excited as well. But uh, if you guys want to check out any of this other stuff that I talk about over here, I'll probably have this thing over here up the next day. If you're watching this here on YouTube, Tekken 8 one will come afterwards. I don't know if I'll get the Evil Japan preview up because I just won't get it up in time before Evil Japan starts. Uh, so, like I said, I'm just going to dabble on this briefly. But if you guys are enjoying all this content, please subscribe to youtube.com slash TV, And uh, make sure you comment on the videos as well. Engagement always helps. And then I also would like to know what you think about the content that I've been putting out. Hope you guys are enjoying all this stuff. I've been breaking down these Tuesday shows into multiple episodes and putting them all into uh, YouTube separately and stuff. And I know some people prefer having the audio all as one so they can just listen to it as a podcast straight through. So that's something I'm going to try to do this week. I'm just going to put the audio up as one file, but upload everything separately as videos. Uh, but that seems to be definitely getting a lot more engagement and stuff. So I'll probably continue doing that. Uh, but again, if you enjoy this content, thank you very much. Continue to subscribe, like, and subscribe. And then also, uh, make sure you click on that little bell icon. So you get the notifications of when new videos of mine come out here on youtube.com slash TV. If you're watching on Twitch, appreciate you guys very much. Any subs, uh, any gift subs, etc., etc. always appreciated. Any donations always will help me out. Continue to pump out content like this throughout the lifespan of Street Fighter Six. Uh, I will be working on a lot of content for after Street Fighter 6 comes out. So, uh, you know, any bit of that helps as well. So thank you, Blocks With Face, for the subscription. Appreciate you very much. Thank you guys for watching. If you're here on Twitch, don't go anywhere. I will be right back after f this break. But for those of you on on bleh, but for those of you on YouTube, <laughs> the day that this podcast graced your presence was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzer, though nobody calls me that. But I am also joined here by my co-host, Nathan the Cat. Wah! Hi, Nathan the Cat. But uh, we are going to go over, so uh, again, we just went over Cami versus Manon, the video that just came out. If you want to look for that, that should be on uh, YouTube.com slash TV already. So check that out. Thank you. Like and subscribe to all my videos. Leave comments below for engagement. And you can talk to me because I respond to people here on YouTube. And uh, yeah, we are going to be now going over the latest footage again. We are just, it's, it, is, it is not famine. It is feast right now. We are getting so much 
cool content from all of the developers. And so Namco, Bandai Namco, not to be outdone, are releasing all sorts of new footage. Though I'm curious who's next because this is all the characters that we, I believe we know in Tekken 8 now. So Jack 8, June have gameplay that have come out here. Uh, I have not watched any of these videos yet. So uh, I will watch these for the first time with you guys as well. Let's just jump right into it. Let's not actually waste any time over here. Uh, got news for you, Casey Fusion Gamer. June. <laughs> June video right here, okay? Anyways, let's do Jack 8 really quick. Uh, here we go. Jack 8. Another one of those characters that I know most people who don't play Jack, they just hate fighting this guy. Get ready for the next battle. Tekken 8. New Is he Cyclops now? Optic Blast. Jack 8. <laughs> Lenhart. Oh, now he flies in, dude. I just... God, this character's getting so extra now. Whoa. Wait, does he have an earthquake stomp? Ooh, Jesus. Yeah, he is ED-209, dude. He's like the new Robocop or something. Ooh, that is a heat engage, huh? Okay. Yo! Oh, that was the heat burst if I'm not mistaken. Okay, this is gonna need some slow motion because some stuff is happening here and I'm not exactly sure what. Ah! He shoots you with a big giant Gundam anime gun. Yeah, that's dude. Dude, this character. What is going on with this character now? Holy crap. But again, the nice electronic music from uh, the Tekken franchise. Still very much intact over here. Jeez, uh, Jack looks way more uh, jacked up than I've ever seen him before. So that's crazy. The BFG, yeah, basically. Oh, man. So, yeah, I mean, right away here when we start with this uh, Jack 8 trailer here. So, obviously, you know, through these little uh, guys that you've seen before, you know, I'm obviously not very up on the lore or anything like that. But, I mean, I just, I think I only realize now that every game that comes out, Jack's number matches the number of the Tekken game, right? So, since he was Jack 7 in the last game, he's Jack 8 in this. No, totally kidding. I'm totally kidding. A lot of you guys are going to get so mad at me right now. Of course, I've noticed this in the past. Of course, I know that's a thing. Anyways, Jack A, here we go. Let's see uh, how he goes over here. 
Uh, yeah, what is the lore behind Jack? He's obviously like a cyborg. Who created him? Um, and what is he? Like, is he like a, 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 a Mishima Corporation cyborg? Like robot or what? What is this? Oh, Doctor Abel created. Doctor Boskanovich created him. Okay, Hayachi Security. So it really is Ed Two Hundred Nine, dude. Dude, because he looks like RoboCop and like he looks like a he looks like RoboCop and Ed Two Hundred Nine fusioned together here. Like that's like the fusion dance right there. You know, RoboCop and Ed Two Hundred Nine did a fusion dance and they ended up as Jack Eight. He's a Mishima, Mishima war robot. He comes off an assembly line from Dr. Abel later. Okay. <laughs> Jacket. <laughs> well, I mean, look, Jacket got definitely a new coat of paint. <clears throat> Anyways, let's do this. Mm. I just like how he's got like the mm, pose over there. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> he just flies in. I mean, what's interesting about this though, and you know, this is something that I'm sure a lot of people don't think about when you're a video game creator, but every stage has to have at least a certain height ceiling because of this. <laughs> Now, obviously, when people are getting launched into the sky and stuff, there's probably a max height that characters get launched through. But these are some things that you probably got, like, like that people who don't make video games don't think about. But every stage has to have a maximum height, a minimum height ceiling to make sure that they don't accidentally fly through things and all these things like that. Oh, it's clearly the gun propelling his flight. Look. The flame is on the back of the gun over here, dude. <laughs> Deploy. <laughs> he even gets to come in superhero pose style, dude. Dude, he really is RoboCop 209 Jack 8, dude. Oh, my goodness. And then here we go. And see, that looked like... I thought that was the... the so he has that jackhammer move where he comes down and like... Bam! Like always hits you with that like like that elbow drop. I that looks like it, but then it goes into another animation. Is this just a different move? And is this actually a stance? Like he goes bam, and it looks like he goes into this little flex stance. Is this new or old? Has Jack Jack has never had stances, right? Jack has never had stances, so I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken, this looks new. Like, Jack actually has a stance now. Bam! Punch you in the face. And here we go. Oh, he has an earthquake. Now, has Jack ever had an earthquake move? I don't feel like I ever remember having to deal with an earthquake move from Jack. But is I guess this is a low. I guess this is a low. Dude, there's actually a crying sentinel. That's amazing. Shoutouts to Tampa. And then catches you sidestepping. So this is a tracking move over here. So it looks like he has the stomp here. And then again, see, is that him going into that same stance again? Is this going into that same stance again? Like, see, it looks like he's doing that flex. But obviously, since it's on player two side, it's actually facing the other direction, right? Is that the same stance right there? See, like how he's posing like that. 
I think that's the same stance facing the other way. Boom, stance, right? Same stance. So now we've seen him. He has a straight punch off of that stance. And then it looks like he's trying to sidestep that straight punch, but he actually has a tracking move off of that stance as well. So it's not that straightforward. So I think that that's a new stance that he has that we've now seen a straight punch and now a tracking move off of that, which actually knocks down. And then he gets a combo off of that. And again, I do think that this is a trailer only camera angle change right there for that. Block King's move, get the launch punish into the shot up into the air. And he's had that before, but has he been able to do this before? Launch in the shot? Like, that almost looks like a Street Fighter cancel into a special move here. And then punch out of the air. Juggle, juggle. Did he do a mini flex there too? Pow. Oh, there it was! Yeah! So launch, shot, cancel into the stance, into that straight punch that we saw earlier. And now I guess if you juggle with it, you can actually get a juggle out of the air. Trailer only camera angle change, I suspect. And then here we go, pressure into the corner, power crush, boom. Now I know Jack has had that move before. But it used to be just like a crumple. You see Jack hit that all the time. The guy crumples. This thing now is a power crush. <laughs> so not only does he get the hit into the wall splat, into the explosion, but it's a power crush here too. Launch into the air, shoot you, and then continue the juggle. Ugh, oh, dang. Like a vacuum. Do you see his hand spinning? <laughs> Dude, Jack looks crazy in this game. Was it another stance move? Did I miss the stance in that? Uh, shot, pu kick, punch, flex. You're right. There was a flex there. Dang, those flexes are fast. So boom, boom, flex, pow. There you go. Nice catch, dude. I am not seeing those flexes at all. They're happening so fast. So they're showing off a lot of this new stance right there. That's the one right there. That's that jackhammer move that we've seen a million times. The safe on block move that you see Jack's fish with constantly. Pow. Flex. So he goes into the flex. Forward, forward, one. Yeah, it's, I mean, that is the move they fish all the time. And yeah, it tracked. Has it always tracked like this? Flex into a stomp. So he has a flex into a stomp, which gives him this big old juggle off of. Uh, and then he goes into the rage drive thing using the heat. So he's in heat now, gets to keep that combo going. Now I'm going to look again. Was there any flexes in here, pow? Boom, boom, flex. And so he has an uppercut off of the flex. <laughs> And again, Jackhammer might not have knocked down in this situation only because he canceled already into the flex, right? Because remember, this is Tekken. They will give different reactions based on whether you've input the chain already or not. Perhaps if you do Jackhammer in the stance on block, you can interrupt him. But since you input it early, 
it also makes it so that the jackhammer doesn't knock down. That could be a theory. If you just do raw jackhammer, it might actually knock down. There is that potential. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. But they are showing off the hell off of the stance here because pow, kick, punch, stance, and now he has the uppercut off of that stance as well. So we've already seen like five different moves off of this stance. So clearly this trailer is trying to show off this stance. And I don't know if it actually is a stance, but everybody who's here with me right now, this definitely looks like some kind of stance. Oh, oh, God, what was that, a punish? I don't think that was a punish. I think he just took that. Oh, that might have been a punish. Holy crap. But that's a heat engage. So you see right there, it goes in there, mix-up time. Remember, this only leads to a mix-up, not a true combo. So a lot of times in these trailers, they're showing the character get hit afterwards. But if I'm not mistaken, they always said that this is just a mix-up, but not actually a combo here. So he gets, oh, what the hell? He throws a girder on your head. So punch, down punch. That's his gun, right? The gun just rockets in there. And bam, that's like Ramlethal's sword, dude. So boom, explosion. Dang, and that launches you hella far. There's that. Oh my, dude, this stance is crazy. How many moves does he have off of this thing? Flex into what? Like, dude, this is like my hand explosion. This is like Siegfried, dude. What the hell is like Siegfried or, or, or Nightmare, dude? What is this? Why does he have this? <laughs> right, Tillywink? Totally looks like Ram Sword. Oh my god, what is this? But this thing look this thing looks crazy. Boom! Like does it is it it's like a power crush. It like absorbs things. Look at this. It just went right through him. Like that didn't didn't even show like a armor spark animation. That was just like true. 2D invul, right? Like, pow! Oh, okay, so from stance, he gets to do the burst activation. That's just the burst. So from stance, he gets to activate the burst activation, which has the power crush ability into it. So he gets the hit, gets to get the, uh, the heat dash, and now mix-up time. He just goes in, you have, oh, I see. He just went in for a flex, and now in heat, his flex has armor? So if you just raw arm, raw flex in heat, you get armor? Because remember, when you're in heat, you get power-ups to certain things. Like every character has their own unique little power-up thing. Does that mean Jack's flex gets armor? He just had two hits of armor right there, did that tracking move out of the flex, gets the hit, and gets to keep the combo going. Pow! There we go. That's debug, right? No, debug is the low. I'm sorry. Pow, and this time he just launches with that, and that's a heat engage. Dude, this is Jack Nito. <laughs> he is definitely Jack Nito, Forrest. <laughs> He's Jack Nito. Tekken, welcome to die! <laughs> uh, uh. Uh, 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 there it is, and now he has a kick. He has a kick out of the flex as well. Dude, this trailer, they made sure they tried to show every option out of that flex, dude. And then, 
pow launch into raw rage art. Jack is neato. And then he blows you up and then in comes the gun. Don't move or there will be trouble. Yo. Dude, he dead. Dude, and then it is, the explosion's so big, it actually launches Jack backwards. Look at this. Boom. Oh! <laughs> okay, that's hilarious. That's how crazy that explosion is, that it actually knocks Jack backwards, too. Dude, Jack looks crazy. There is not a clip in this video that doesn't show off Jack's stance. So this is definitely seems to be this big dude. And the fact that he even like RoboCop visors his way like this. Look at this. Oh my God. Jack looks crazy, dude. Oh yeah, the shot of the laser going through the gun. Nice touch. Nice touch, honestly. Like stick the camera on the tip of the laser like this and go. <laughs> Blam! Oh my god. It's true. It's like <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I was gonna make an Arnold Schwarzenegger like pun, but it just didn't sound right. I was gonna go. I was gonna go. I am going to jack you up or jack you off. Like none of those sound good at all. So I'm not gonna say that at all. But Jack looks absolutely ridiculous. Holy crap. Like, and, 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 like, we barely saw a lot of, like, the classic. Like I said, they just kept showing nothing but that stance thing, dude. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Now, we move on to the next character here. Again, this time I mean it for real. I know nothing about June. June is supposed to be Heiachi's wife. And Heiachi was... No, that's Kazumi. Sorry, Kazumi. June is Kazuya's, not wife necessarily, but she is the mother of... She is the mother of Jin, right? So Kazumi and Heiachi are the pair. And they gave birth to Kazuya... And then Kazuya and Jun gave birth to Jin and Heiachi. Lars is Lars is whose kid? It was uh was it who was the one trying to prove the devil gene belonged to the other person again? That was Kazumi. <laughs> um however, um Obviously, June coming back from the dead over here. June uh, is coming back from the dead in this game. So obviously, she hasn't aged at all. But what is the storyline reason for why Kazumi doesn't look old and decrepit like, uh, like Heiachi does, right? Like, is this like some sort of lame Jill got affected by the T-virus so she's never gonna age so every game allows Jill to be hot forever 
you know, so we can't make an actual old lady fight. Like, Kazumi can't be an old lady. Oh, she was only in flashbacks? So she actually wasn't in, or she's just a demon? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Enough of this lore. This lore is super confusing. I don't know what's going on. I haven't seen this video yet, so let's go ahead and watch this in real time here. Let's do this. <clears throat> Fighting game lore sucks, man. <laughs> she is one with nature. <laughs> I'm trying to do a Snow White voice. I can't. I can't do a Snow White voice. It's way too high pitched for me to be able to do it. Light of hope. June Kazama. Now again, I know nothing about this character, what her fight style is like. Was it a very unique fight style or was she always kind of like in the realm of like a categories, right? Like Mishima's kind of fight similar, etc, etc. Uh, does she just fight completely different? Well, yeah, like Tekken 2 or 3 was like the last time we ever saw of her, right? Ow! Jesus. She creates as many explosions as Jack! Oh, what the freak just happened there? Oh. Oh, that was the cutscene they showed. Yo! Like, you should not be able to live after that super. Like, you should just be dead. She just should... You just should be dead. If you're evil, if you're a good character, I think you should be fine. Dude. You guys can't see this on the video over here unless I go back to this view over here. But this lore discussion right now, so like, June has the Mishima fighting style to a large degree. She's in the tag games. It was very much a unique fight style way back in Tekken 2. More like Hapkido or Tai Chi. Wasn't June killed by Ogre? Supposed to be Tai Chi, but not really Tai Chi. Tag 2 was her last. Oh, she was in Tag 2? Uh, she's gonna love and carry you to death. Uh, she's a vampire. She wasn't killed by ogres. She just disappeared. Like, dude, like, everything is... I don't know what's going on with this character at all. Alright, uh, so she was the final boss in Tag Game. She was purple. Whatever. Let's go back and watch some June Kazama here. And, and again, like, so I guess she has a pseudo... Mishima style or something like a pseudo Mishima style but not quite Mishima like obviously she doesn't have uh like the the, the wave dashing kind of stuff does she or uh, yeah tag games are dream matches for sure they're not officially part of story 
But yeah, the stage is really nice, okay? Stage is really nice. However, one of the reasons why I still like, I've always, like, back in when VF5 and Tekken, whichever one was out at the time, I always liked VF better because I always liked v the fact that VF had very, very bright colors. Even though this stage is colorful, it's still so muted. Like Tekken to me, every time I see Tekken, I picture black stages, dark stages, gray stages, very muted colors. I would really love it. Like, you know, there was the sheep stage in Tekken five, 6 or one of them, but that one was actually had a very pretty blue sky. Like, I, Tekken Tag 2 had a lot of very colorful, beautiful stages as well. I really wish they would go back to that. Let's just have a little bit more color, please. Let's have, let's have a little more color, please. All right, so does, does, so Jin obviously is a Mishima, but adopts his mom's name because fuck Kazuya kind of thing, right? But does that mean he doesn't fight like a Mishima and he fights more Jun style? So when, when Kazuya, I'm sorry, when Jin, 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 when Jin, Jin came out, did he fight more like Jun? Was he kind of like the Soul Calibur future generation, but fights just like the parent kind of thing? I'm not sure. So Jin has his own style. He's not a traditional Mishima. Okay. He had both Kazuya and Jun moves. Okay. So he's a hybrid. He's a hybrid for sure. Yeah, but they did a really good job on her face. Who does she look like? Oh, my God. Who does she look like? She looks like the person who played uh, Chloe Bennett's mom in Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's who she looks like. She reminds me of that actress. What's her name? Shoot. Uh, what was her name? Uh, shoot. Agents of Shield. She she kind of reminds me of that actress. Uh God, what was her name? This is the OCD in me, by the way. I'm getting completely stuck on a tangent while I should be analyzing this video. I'm sorry. Uh Daiken Lakma. I mean, come like tell me I'm wrong, dude. Tell me I'm wrong, dude. Seriously. Tell me I'm wrong about this. Uh, let's see. Do I have a close-up picture here? I don't have a close-up picture of this. Here, let me just actually just bring it up on the thing here. Here, let me show you this. IMDB uh, Lachma. Let's see. Like, look at this. Like, Tell me, tell me I'm wrong about this. Like, uh, let me refresh this again. When I was, when it, look at that, look at that picture. Look at that picture right there. Tell me I'm wrong, dude. <laughs> tell me I'm wrong that that's not who that actually looks like. <laughs> like, look, look, at, look at this, look at this picture here, dude. Tell me I'm wrong on this, dude. <laughs> the nose, dude. It's the nose. It's the nose. <laughs> I think the nose is what does it for me. The very long nose. Uh, anyways, okay. Not a lot of people agree with me here. All right. 
Some people are saying they don't see it. I don't know. I see it. I, I think the nose is, is there for sure. So, all right. Let's keep going. All right. So, Kazuma style here. That's the actress. I don't, I'm not familiar with Severance. Oof. Sidestep. And again, I don't know much about her moves. So, like, for those who actually played against uh, Jun in, like, Tekken 2 and stuff like that, how similar is the moveset? Or is she just kind of like a character, now that she's back, she can do whatever the hell she wants? Because, like, it's really hard for me to analyze this, because clearly this is something that I have no familiarity at all whatsoever here. So, yeah, so everybody's saying not very similar to Tekken 2. Don't com bother comparing her to Tekken 2. So she's just a completely new thing then, it seems like. But it's a very graceful style. It's a graceful style, and then she says, you know what? Graceful, huh? Let me try to explode you without as many explosion moves as possible. Wait, what the hell was that? That was really weird, and I accidentally hit zero, so it actually reset me all the way back over here. That was such a weird-looking move. So, uh, I think we were past here already. Yeah, this is what I was looking at here. Boom. So, that move looks familiar. Who is it that looks like they have? That looks like uh, one of Elisa's uh, dashing. That looks like Elisa's dashing kick or something like that. But she kicks you here, and then you just blow up? <laughs> and then you just blow up? Why did he just blow up? Like, kick, kick, and then kaboom. You just blew up into the wall splat because she went into a pose like this. So, boom, and then launches you. So, obviously, lore-wise, we have no idea why Kazuya, uh, why June is actually not dead. <laughs> I guess that's something we'll find out. Yeah, in this angle, she doesn't look as much like that actress. So it's just that one angle, I feel like she really looked like her. But here we go. Boom! So that's her drive rage thing. And then she's just like, okay, now I'm going to... Bam! Yo! Yeah, so that's a question. So the reason why I didn't say that June was Kazuya's wife is because I'm assuming they probably never married or anything like that. Were they a loving couple, or did they hate each other, or what is going on here? She does remind me of Chizuru a little bit, now that you mention it, villager, yeah. But yeah, look at this. Bam! And you know what my favorite thing about this is? Look at, look at, look at the, look at, look at her right arm. Her right arm, look at that fist. Look at that fist, dude. And look at her pull that fist back. She is going to clock you with that. Look at that. She is winding up on that fist. She is going, nope. <laughs> Psych. Ha. Psych. Dude, she, the way she's animated, she is going to punch you with her right hand and then boom. Left hand. <laughs> oh, man. Just like Wen Wu and Shang-Chi's mom. Okay, that makes sense. And then explosion. Boom, boom. So, okay, wait. So the devil gene came from Kazumi, though, right? As Heiachi was able to prove? 
And so she shouldn't have devil gene. Kazuya has the devil gene, right? So she doesn't have the devil gene, does she? Okay, yeah, she doesn't have the devil gene. Okay. Uh, explosion, explosion. Dude, how many times did she blow you up with nature here? Look at this. Nature! Uh, nature! Nature! Uh, uh, block, block. Nature! Uh, uh. Oh, oh, whoa, what was that? That was interesting. What is going on here? So, boom. So, he tries to punch... Oh, is that a counter? She activates a counter stance. So she comes in here, kicks into a counter, and it triggers the counter because, yeah, he gets blocked. So he blocks that move. So it's like a counter that leads into some sort of plus frames or something. Yeah, it could be some sort of heat stuff or something, but she gets plus frames off of this, goes into a stance or a fake, and then goes into a uh, a, a tracking move that hits Kazuya. See right here, she goes, oh, nope, just kidding, pow, into law nature. Oh my God, that was true nature. She hits you with the crows, dude. Oh. <laughs> she's stark raven mad. <laughs> Yo, she's stark raven mad, dude. Uh, uh. Oh, counter hit. Uh, juggle. Now, she dashed off of that counter hit. So, yeah, that's a drive. That's the heat rush thing, I'm a jiggy. And then here we get the launch, and then she gets the continued juggle. So this is interesting. So here we go. This extra launch, that spiral move, is that out of heat? Because it looks like she's not in heat here. So she spends the heat to get the juggle, the, the driver, the, the, the heat dash thing. So this juggle is just like, like a spiral move or something that she just gets extra juggles off of this. Bam. Okay, and then it's classic slowdown, launch nature, and then Snow White style. Yo, she killed the bird. She killed, she murdered the bird. She's not about nature at all, dude. She's not about nature at all. She's anti-nature. Look at this. Dude. Look at all the feathers flying everywhere. She just straight up murked the bird. She murked the bird. Yo. <laughs> you can't you can't put Roger in the game because you don't want to beat up on animals. And you have June straight up here oh, causing bird spontaneous combustion. June is like using scanners on birds over here, dude. What the hell? Yo! Oh, well, it gives her power to rob the evil of the world. So, you know what? Look at this. So, bird sacrifice worth it, right? <laughs> you are dead! Kaboom! Ugh. Like, I, I would almost hope they have a different animation if you don't lose the round. Because being able to get up after that seems kind of weird. But still, sick looking super. Very, very sick looking super. Nice. 
<laughs> she'll make another bird. Okay, okay, okay. She'll create bird replacement, dude. <laughs> she'll have bird replacement. <laughs> oh, man. So there you go. That's Jun, Jun Kazama. Kazama. Uh, so once again, shoutouts to... I mean, again, this is the interesting thing, right? Because this is all the characters that we know in Tekken 8 so far. So are they actually going to start revealing new characters starting next week? Or are we hitting an information uh, uh, kind of a block right now? Are we now going to go into kind of a lull at this point for Tekken 8? Which would be a shame because they're spoiling us. Because honestly, if they were planning to go into this lull, I wouldn't see why they wouldn't just reveal a character trailer one at a time every week instead of two every week like this. Uh, so that's crazy. Oh, you are right, King9999. You know what? That's a good point because Evo Japan is coming up. And that's where the closed beta is supposed to start. So you're right. You're right. After Evo Japan, we're probably going to get a lot of footage. And how much you want to bet all the characters that have been revealed so far are going to be the only playable characters in that uh, closed beta. So yeah. Oh, did are Julia and Yoshimitsu, were they officially avail- revealed? Uh, Isaac Locke saying that maybe Brian and Yoshi will be revealed. Maybe a, a, a Leroy trailer. Uh, Exilian, I am not flying to Japan. We are doing an English rebroadcast live from the United States. So I will be joining that. Uh, they, the, 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 the team running Evo Japan did not set up an English stream uh, setup for Evo Japan. So like, I'm really depressed about that because I wanted to go back to Japan so badly so badly i mean it's not necessarily a cali crew restream because we definitely have people being flown out from uh from outside of california like yipes is gonna be there if i'm not mistaken uh jade lynn's gonna be there so she's not in california so a bunch of people are gonna be there. spooky is california already though spooky's is northern california at this point in time so, uh, but yeah, we'll see if they actually uh, are going to, well, so Fubar Duck is in Japan. They did say that we are going to have people on the streets. So uh, Fubar Duck, Sherry Genix, uh, there was that other girl that was there. I forgot what her name was, but uh, the, I think the five names on the bottom are going to be like live uh, people, from, correspondents from the streets. So I, I don't, I have no idea who that Japanese idol is, uh, AAK. Uh, Tasty Steve will be at the uh, English rebroadcasting stream. He'll be one of the guys that'll be there for me. So, uh, with me, I should say. But that's the situation. So, uh, but according to Gamer Direct, Haradas already said there is. There is more info coming out uh, Evo Japan. So there you go. So hopefully we will get some more information uh, at that point. So we will definitely get a lot more information. I think the closed beta is going to start. So I think we're going to be able to start seeing it. And I can't wait to see how the game feels because I want to see if it's just going to be constant heat. Like is everybody just going to be in heat? like constantly or is it going to be a little bit more sparingly used because uh, I want to see how the pace goes because I'm really curious because like I said I've seen a lot of very paranoid reactions so far from classic Tekken players I've also seen the opposite too a lot of Tekken players are excited about this but you know it'll be really interesting to see if it still feels like a Tekken or if it's gonna feel like something completely different you know so uh, I'm really excited and yeah again 
There is no reason at all to be like, oh, Street Fighter 6 or Tekken 8. Ooh. Like, dude, why not? Por que no los dos, right? I mean, seriously, yay! Por que no los dos? Yay! So, I mean, honestly, like, why even make that decision, dude? Both games look so awesome, dude. Let's go. Let's go. I'm super excited about all these fighting games, man. That's the way it works, man. That's the way it works. Uh, anyways, that's it for uh, Jack and June here. So Jack and June went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. Uh, anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in and watching here. I hope you guys enjoy my Tekken analysis, despite the fact that obviously I'm not necessarily a Tekken guy. But you can see why there's a lot of benefits for me for having played Tekken 7. Because clearly I can talk about the game a lot more than I could have had I not played Tekken 7 at all. So I understand the systems. I get the idea of like the animation stuff, Magic 4s and you know, all this stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoyed this. Oh, the King trailer was like, I was like, obviously I'm not a Tekken guy. So I was just kind of like, okay, obviously I'll play Tekken 8. And then I saw the King trailer. And I was like, yo, pump it to my veins, dude. I got a throw that launched into another throw. Like, come on, dude. Like, I'm so excited. Any case, um, I hope you guys have been enjoying these Tekken analysis videos. I know, like I said, I'm not a Tekken guy. You're not coming to this channel necessarily to see Tekken content. But I hope that this video has been informative and fun for speculation despite that. So if you did enjoy it, please like and subscribe to the video. Drop a comment before. Let me know what you do think of my Tekken analysis videos. Let me know if you've been enjoying them despite the fact that I am not a Tekken pro at all uh, in any way, uh, shape, or form. But I uh, hope you guys are still enjoying it. Again, look for these two videos here, OG Learning New Games and uh, Street Fighter 6 on the YouTube channel, which should be already up. Uh, but again, thank you guys for continuing to support uh, the Ultra Chen TV channel. You know, obviously it's just basically me now uh, here doing all this stuff on the channel, but I hope you guys have been enjoying the content despite the fact that I've <laughs> all by myself but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter that i'm all by myself because this content is still amazing this content is still great and the day that this content graced your presence was the most important day of your life but for me it was tuesday The podcast about fighting games with your host, James Chen, a.k.a. Jay Chenzor. One of the things that I wanted to try to do a lot more often here on It Was Tuesday is kind of just talk about a little bit more 
of the history of the fighting game community, talk about things that have happened a long time ago, and just, you know, just kind of contrast with the stuff that we have been doing these days and how the fighting game community has changed. So if you take the time to listen to this whole thing and you're really enjoying it over here, please drop a comment. Tell me, James, more of this. I want to hear more of this stuff. And again, uh, like I said, like and subscribe as always to youtube.com slash TV. I already talked about uh, Street Fighter VI, the Kami versus Manon match. Uh, you can check out the Tekken 8 video uh, tomorrow where I analyze Jack and Jun. Uh, but for this topic here, I want to talk about, you know, last week uh, I talked about how like, you know, players when new games come out, they get angry because it doesn't play like the old game, etc, etc. Well, it's interesting because, you know, when a brand new game comes out today, what happens, right? What happens? Everybody jumps into training mode and they just start labbing everything. And then you just sit there on Twitter and you're like, here's this tech. You know, it'll be hashtag SF6 underscore, you know, Kim, etc. And everybody's just going to be coming up with tech. And the amount of information we find is so fast and it's crazy. And thank you for the gifts of Maka Killingbird. Thank you very much for the gifts of Decase Money over there. And, you know, dude, like the thing says down at the bottom of the screen there, man, trading mode has all of you kids spoiled, man. Super spoiled. Because let me tell you something. It, back in the day, like, you probably can't even imagine this, but when a fighting game came out, we didn't have a lot of the internet. There wasn't a lot of internet to talk to. We didn't have any training modes. And your ability to access the game and actually test things was very, very limited. One of the most famous situations of this is when Street Fighter 4 first came out and Chinatown Fair was literally the only arcade on the, ex on the East Coast that had a Street Fighter 4 cabinet. So everybody who was trying to play Street Fighter 4 had to wait like in a two-hour line... And you weren't allowed longer than, like, a three-game win streak. Like, if you won three games in a row, everybody game over, and then the next two pe people jumped onto the machine. The amount of pe the ability for you to even play and to test things was basically non-existent. And it was really, really crazy. And when you think about that, when you think about how difficult it was for us to learn stuff. I got to tell you, man, that is just an indication of how strong we were as fighting game players to be able to discover as much stuff as we did. It was absolutely wild. Yeah, there were no practice modes in the arcades at all. And, you know, a lot of times when you're sitting there streaming or you're playing and something weird happens in the game, you're like, wait, wait, someone clipped that. And you go back and you try to replicate it and stuff like that. We've had situations where in Alpha 2 where Chun-Li's Kokosho like froze on the screen and like was just like sitting there floating in the sky. And then like you saw it and you're like, wait, what? And then it went away. And then you had to forget about it. That was the end of it. Like, what, what were we going to do to try to replicate it? It was going to cost way too much money to try to figure out how to replicate whatever just happened. We couldn't go back and see what led to it or anything like that. It was really crazy. And so the amount of information that we could get was so difficult. And the funniest thing is it really also depended on your friends 
and which arcade you went to because there were so many different styles of people playing the fighting games. I was very fortunate that during my formative years of fighting games, you know, when I was writing FAQs and stuff like that, I was going to UCLA and their arcade was awesome. And everybody you saw at the arcade were the same people that you saw pretty much every day. And so you weren't going to like hate people. You weren't going to start fights with them. You could certainly dislike them, but everyone kind of got along. And so one of the most common things people used to do would be like, all right, let's play fighting games. You sit down. You have never seen this game before in your life. It just showed up in the arcade and you're like, shit, what do I do? You look at the cabinet. Your character may or may not have their special moves or even all of their special moves listed on the cabinet. And so you're like, all right, let me see what this character does. And a lot of times what would happen is you would play against the other guy. Because you have no idea what you're doing, you would get destroyed in round one and in round two. And then right before you died in round two, you'd be like, hey, 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 can I test some stuff? And the other guy would be like, sure, no problem. And so they would just sit there and then you would just test out special moves. And you'd be like, hey, wait, throw a fireball. I want to see if this is projectile invul. And then you would test to see if projectile invul. Dude, Hatson is going to tell us if moves are projectile invul on FAT, like the day that Street Fighter VI comes out. Like in a month, we're going to have the properties of everything that is like anti-air invul, projectile invul, strike invul, throw invul in like two weeks, dude. We're going to have that on our phone. And when we were playing fighting games in the arcade, dude, like you just were just like, hey, let's try that. Or, or someone would come up to you and be like, yo, the guy's throwing fireballs. Did you know this move went through projectiles? You'd be like, yo, thanks. You know, like it really was a word of mouth. But if you found someone who was nice enough to let you experiment like that, and then you would go to round three and then you would experiment. He would let you guys, he would let you experiment, but then you always let him kill you because he officially did beat you in round two. And so then you would be like, hey, thanks, man. And then you'd get off the machine. And that kind of cycle would happen a lot with people. People would just be like, hey, can I try this? Hey, can I uh, check this out? And this is way past the tick throw thing, flashy flash. That was Street Fighter 2. We're already in the Alpha 1, Alpha 2, Alpha, you know, 3, that kind of era at this point. We were largely already kind of over that uh, situation. But it was really interesting because sometimes, like I said, I went to a college arcade where we all knew each other. You don't, you weren't necessarily that lucky sometimes. There were a lot of arcades where there was that one guy who found the cheapest thing in the game (laughs) at the very beginning They were like, oh my God, this thing is so broken. And again, when you went to an arcade, like getting a win streak in the arcade wasn't just about like bragging rights. It saved you money. It saved you money. I put in two tokens or two quarters into a machine. I played. And if I continue to win, I wouldn't be spending any money. And so sometimes you would just go to the arcade and there's that asshole who only knows one super powerful thing, and while nobody knows what they're doing with their characters yet, he's just around one fight, and he just murders you with that thing, and then that's it. You don't get a chance to experiment at all. And honestly, if you did not have access to an arcade that had more than one cabinet, you were kind of screwed. Like, you didn't have any real way to figure out the games. Like, it's really difficult. Now, one of the things that a lot of people would do, and I did this a lot, as when I was in college as well at the college arcade, I would show up in the mornings 
at 8 a.m. when the arcade opened. What's up, FGC Fabinho? Thank you for the subscription. I'm assuming you are from Brazil. Thank you very much. Uh, hope you are doing well. Uh, but again, I would go to the arcade at 8 o'clock in the morning when it opened. Nobody was there. It's college. Who woke up at 8 a.m. in college? So I would go to the arcade at 8 a.m. and I would just play against the computer all day and test stuff. That's how I wrote those FAQs, man. When I wrote like Children of the Atom FAQs, Marvel Super Heroes FAQs, I just went into the arcade and I just sat there and just tried stuff. Different characters all the time. I pick another character, try this, pick another character, figure out how this works and stuff like that. And you could learn a lot in those situations. You know, you could actually figure a lot of things out and figure out how to play a lot of those characters. I also had the advantage that on the weekends at the campus arcade, they had free play sessions where I would pay $3. Uh, oh, no, it was $5. You'd pay $5 and you every machine was set on free play for three hours. So, for example, that was how I discovered how flipping worked in Alpha 3. If you actually look at my FAQ for uh, Alpha 3, I drew an ASCII flowchart and exactly how flipping worked and when you could flip. And we learned right away what neutral state was and stuff like that in the corner you know, the corner changing it so that you can't flip anymore, turning you invincible, all that stuff. My brother and I did that by going to one of those free play sessions, both paying $5 and then just sitting there and just testing it. We were just testing it. Like, when can you flip? Wait, what? Why does that work? Wait, how come I can't flip here? Et cetera, et cetera. And so we would actually do that. And that's why I wrote the FAQs because I had that advantage and I wanted to disseminate all the information to as many people as possible. But if you didn't have access to the internet back then, we didn't have Twitter or anything. Like it was literally like you would have to know where to look on GameFAQs or where to go look on brawl.mindlink.net or something like that, or like in the news groups and stuff, like it was hard to find information, which is why showyoucan.com was such a game changer for the FGC because it created a giant hub for everybody to go to. Shoryuken.com really changed how fighting games were perceived. Someone asked me this question one time, but that's really where the FGC started. The fighting game community was created because of Shoryuken.com and the forums. Previous to that, it was like news groups and people were just here and there, whatever. It wasn't really a community, but Shoryuken.com was when it was when we first really started sharing tech and learning and, and teaching and stuff like that. So that was where the community aspect really started. But it's just really crazy to me because a lot of people today like don't realize how hard it was to learn fighting games back in the day. Like when a new game, and sometimes, like right now, like Street Fighter Six is coming out June 2nd, we have betas and people are excited and let's face it, some people have hacks and cracks out there and stuff like that. People are actually like learning so much information in anticipation of June 2nd, we didn't even know a game was coming out until we showed up at the arcade. I had never heard of some of these fighting games and you walk up into the arcade and all of a sudden there's this X-Men children. I remember when they were rolling X-Men children in the atom out there. And I was like, what? Whoa, this is crazy. 
this is the wildest thing. And then someone learned you could drill claw with uh, Wolverine. And when he bounced off, he could still hit buttons on the way down. And so that guy just drill claw fierced everybody to death. Nobody could beat him. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I didn't even know that game was coming out and it showed up. Iceman was in it. And I was a big Iceman fan because of uh, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. I used to watch that with Spider-Man, Iceman, and Firestar. So I was like, oh, Iceman. And he had the giant move where he summoned the ice ball from the sky and it dropped on your head. And I couldn't figure out how to do that move at all. I would just be playing and then I would accidentally do something and then I would form the ball in the sky and I was just like, how am I doing this? Quarter circle forward, no. Quarter circle back, no. DP, down, down. What is the motion for this? And the motion was hit two buttons of the same strength. So it was jabbing, jabbing short or, or uh, strong and forward or fierce and roundhouse. But that motion didn't exist. That motion literally, oh, dude, those sprites from Children of the Atom are so beautiful, dude. Super beautiful. Dude, in Children of the Atom, one of the best tactics early on was Psylocke going super jump and going, side blast, side blast, side blast, side blast, side blast, side blast, jump up, side blast, side blast, side blast, side blast. And like, if you got hit by Storm's tornado from a screen away, you would bounce and reel in a way that the next tornado was a true meaty. And some people would keep trying to hit buttons. So she would just go, typhoon, bam, typhoon, bam, typhoon, bam. Typhoon bam, typhoon bam, unless you were stubborn enough to finally just block the second typhoon. Otherwise, there was like nothing you could do. You literally were forced to block the second typhoon. And like there, dude, it it is so crazy how hard it was to learn fighting games back then. And, you know, again, this is just kind of one of the things that I want to talk about, talk more about this, like talk about things that people probably didn't consider. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and end it here because I feel like I've kind of gotten to the topic pretty well. I didn't want to make this video particularly long, but is there anybody in the chat that has any questions about what it was like trying to learn tech back then? When training mode first came out in Alpha 1 on the home system, I was like, this is the greatest invention ever. There was like two options. If you wanted a test meter, you had to start training mode and go, show you can, 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 level one, show you can, 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 level two, show you can, show you can, level three. That's how you built meter in training mode in Alpha One. There was no option. There was only auto guard. There was no option for not auto guard. Dude, it was terrible. The training mode was awful and it was the greatest thing ever. I found out so much through that Alpha 1 training mode. I found out so much information with that training mode. It was the coolest thing ever, dude. Like, I, I was a kid in a candy store as a person who used to play on the Super Nintendo and put the second controller on the ground and block with my toes. I would start a combo, and then with my big toe, I would press down back and keep the combo going to see if I did the combo right. That is the techniques we had to use back in the Super Nintendo version of the day, of back in the days of Super Nintendo. And again, in the arcades, I had an advantage too because I also had an older brother who was also very interested in system mechanics and stuff. So like when we did the Alpha 3 flipping thing, 
Like he was just as curious about it as I was. It wasn't like I was dragging my brother to help me. We both wanted to test it and figure it out. And we were two of the people who figured it out before anybody else did. We were some of the people who literally first figured out the whole concept of neutral state in Alpha 3 and why when Zangief lariated you, you couldn't flip. But when like other people hit you with moves that you could flip almost instantaneously because we discovered the concept of neutral state. In fact, neutral state, now that I think about it, is a James Chen term. I created the term neutral state in Street Fighter in my Alpha 3 guide. Now that I think about it, that's just like trip guard. Like neutral state is literally a Jay Chen's or patented term. Like I was the first one who created, who invented that term. You know, like, and this was because I was just a scientist. I just really, really, really wanted to study all these kind of things. So it was, it was just really, really crazy how hard it was to learn fighting games back in the day. But uh, again, if you enjoy this kind of content, if you want to hear more about, like, I feel like this was, I barely scratched the surface, but, you know, again, I think this is a lot of information. I think a lot of people really uh, enjoyed, I mean, I, I hope people really enjoy this kind of thing. So if you do want to hear more about this kind of stuff, if you want to hear more about history and just what it was like playing fighting games a long time ago, arcade era, you know, the different types of players that you would run into in the arcade, like I was just joking about earlier and stuff, you know, let me know in the comments below. Please tell me about it. Then tweet out this video because the more people that watch this video, the more, you know, people will come to my channel and expect this kind of content, the more I will create uh, this kind of stuff. So if you guys do enjoy this, please let me know in the contents and, and tell everybody and watch it. I mean, I see uh, Capone in the chat saying more. Bretonian says, I love your fighting game, history, lectures, etc., etc. So hopefully you guys did enjoy this. But again, it's just so different how it is for back then and how it is nowadays. But since I lived through it, it's hard for me to quantify it. So a lot of times I forget how different it is. So it's hard for me to think of how to talk about it. I, I'm not sure what spurred this one on I was like, this might be kind of an interesting thing to talk about it. Thank you, Alrico. Um, but uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. Hope you guys had fun. Again, check out my Cami versus Manon analysis over here. The next day, uh, tomorrow, uh, the Tekken 8, uh, June and Jack 8 video should be up by then. Uh, I'm not putting up this preview if you're looking for this because by the time these videos go up, I think Evo Japan will have already started. So there's no point in that. But again, if you guys uh, enjoy, yes, this is very similar to the OK Sonic Boomer stuff, abnormal, abnormal. Uh, and that's kind of what I'm trying to bring back right now. So I have a question, was the community tighter and unified more now or back then? It's, it's different because the communities were smaller and they were arcade based. And so there were still factions within arcades a lot of the times. So honestly, I would say that the community is infinitely tighter now than it was back then. It was really disparate back then. There were factions inside of arcades. Arcades didn't communicate. Very few people shared information, and there was a very there was a very rivalistic kind of nature through a lot of stuff. And so maybe you and your best friend and another guy were the three best in the arcade, and you guys were the community of that arcade, and so you guys are the bestest buds and are still friends today. And that's super tight-knit. 
But that was like it. You hated everybody else who came and invaded your arcade and stuff like that. So it's a very, very different kind of environment and a very, very different kind of feel of how it is to how it is now. Now it's literally there is a community and we will support each other and we are trying to help each other grow. And you have people like me who are going to teach you how to play fighting games in an interactive environment like that. So it's definitely different. So. There is more of an esports atmosphere right now, but that's not what made it different. It's not it's not because of esports that we are a lot more friendlier with each other and stuff. Honestly, it's because a lot of the people who grew up in that environment who are still playing fighting games right now love fighting games and want as many people to play fighting games as as we can. And we don't want people who are learning fighting games now to grow up in that same environment that we did because it kind of sucked in some ways. It was great, but it, it sucked in a lot of ways. And we want everybody to playing this, be playing this. We want everybody to see how much fun it is. And we're the ones running things now. And because of that, we have the ability to shift the focus that way, the way we want to. Long before esports, like I said, during showyoucan.com era, we were already doing better by trying to bring in younger players into the community, you know. So that's, that's just kind of the way it works. So, in any case, thank you guys for watching. Let me know in the comments below if you guys want more historical content like this. I will continue to try to think of topics for you guys and I can't promise something every week because like I said, it's really hard for me having been through it all to realize what's actually worth significantly talking about. But uh, again, thank you guys for tuning in. And if you guys enjoy this, like and subscribe. Click that little bell icon so you know when new videos go live. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this a lot. Uh, and again, for those of you watching this on YouTube and on Twitch over here, thank you for continued support of uh, the Tuesday show. I'm sorry, uh, it was Tuesday podcast here. I have to remember it was Tuesday because for you, the day this podcast graced your presence was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday.